Welcome to the Leading in Healthcare podcast, a podcast for leaders in healthcare that want to learn how to lead from their power place. With your host, Yashika Lind, an expert global healthcare consultant and development coach to top leaders in healthcare around the globe. And now here's your host, Yashika Lind. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Leading in Healthcare podcast, where we are going to be finishing with part two of our conversation that we started in the last episode on traits that make you a good leader. Primarily, the reason why we are broaching this topic is because number one, we're in the middle of the year. A lot of you have maybe felt like for this year, you were going to embrace your career in a different way, or maybe make it to where your career didn't impact your health, your well-being, your stress levels, all of the things, especially with everything that's going on. And number two, because There is a lot of opportunity right now in healthcare, and there are a lot of you that can move into higher levels of leadership, or if you're not currently a leader, you may be thinking about becoming a leader. And so I wanted to give you some touch points that you can think about if you are deciding to make that next step, or you don't know if you are a good leader and you want to audit yourself in order to finish the year off strong. So today's article, I'm going to go over five more tips, traits that effective leaders have. Again, you may want me to talk about how you can be more organized and how you can have the best time management skills and all of those things. And if you want me to speak about those, comment and email, and most certainly I will do an episode about that. However, I want you to understand that that is not the thing that is holding you back from being a good leader. It is not your inability to communicate or articulate yourself. It's not all the things that come up to self-doubt that tells you that you're not going to be a leader. What it is at the end of the day is your internal psychology and it's your internal psychology around things like um, self-awareness, personal development, all of those things that are going to matter more than all the skills that you can learn in order to be a good leader. We are very task-oriented in healthcare. We, in our training, have learned how to do a multitude of different things. So you are already capable of learning how to do tasks, but what sets you apart from being just a ho-hum leader that may be in one day of jeopardy of being stressed out, burned out, letting the job eat you alive to a leader that is thriving, surviving, and having a team behind you that supports you and makes your job easier is your internal psychology. So today's article kind of um, plays homage to an article that I read, I I believe it was when I was in my MBA program, and it was said something like, we always say that people are natural born leaders. And that's not always true. There are traits that certain people are born with like charisma, or, um, you know, just the ability to be more comfortable or more confident in certain situations that most of us are not born with. However, Uh, That only um, accounts for one third of your ability to have that natural talent as a leader. And so about what, 30 some percent of that, yeah, you could chalk it up to they were born that way. 
but the majority of your ability to be a good leader is under your control and you can learn how to be a good leader. I can get on my soapbox about this because people think in this day and age that if you know how to complete a task and you have the intellectual knowledge that you know what you're doing <laughs> and um, it, it just burns me alive because that is not how you become great at anything that you do. Yes, you may have the knowledge and know, you know, intellectually what is needed in a certain situation and have that information. However, in order for you to be truly great at anything that you do in life, it requires a level of um, action. It requires a level of mastery. It requires a level of experiential learning. So until you take all the things that you know, things that you should be doing, things that you know you could be doing and actually put them into practice. It doesn't matter if you're the smartest person in the room, have all the knowledge, have all the training. If you haven't put that into practice to see how it works in your own life, in your own organization, you are not there yet. So I want you to go into your life moving forward, knowing that yes, you may know a lot about a lot of different things. You may have read the article, read the book, watched the news, but until you actually are putting it into practice, um, trialing things, maybe failing sometimes, then you're not actually gaining the wisdom that is needed to be a great leader. This is especially important for those of you that haven't stepped up into your true leadership potential yet because a lot of the negative talk and self-doubt that goes on in your head would have you to believe that maybe you don't know what to do. And I'm here to tell you that you can learn anything. You can read the article, read the book, find the resource that will give you the information that you need. But just like experienced leaders, what we all start off from zero with is that experiential learning. And you're not gonna gain that knowledge that you need to feel the confidence to help you feel like a great leader until you actually put things into practice through trial and error. And so let that be your clue if you're listening that this is your call to step up into that next level that you've been called to step up into, knowing that you do have the ability to know what you need to know or find the resources that you need to know. That will never be your problem. What will be your thing that you'll have to work through is your trial and error of certain things, your own style within your company, within the people that you want to lead in order to get better and better and better. And with the tools that I teach you, you can do it a lot more easily. So without further ado, let's get into the five tips, traits that you need to know in order to be a better leader. Again, this is building upon last week's episode. So number one is emotional intelligence. And I did a whole podcast episode about it, so I'm not going to get into it too much. But emotional intelligence is more than that intellectual knowledge. It's that subjective knowledge. It's that ability to feel and perceive energy and the things that aren't said is the boundaries that you set within your personal and professional life is that level of self-awareness you have that I always speak to you about and it's also that bigger picture thinking not what's going on in your department what's going on in your field within healthcare what's going on within your organization like think bigger than the day to day 
The number two trait you should have is focusing on developing others. Last week, I talked a little bit about how you have to have individualized consideration, meaning everybody in your team is a unique, diverse individual. You should treat them as such and meet them where they are in order to help them be a contributing member to your team. But also then, how can you help them grow within the team? And it involves connecting with people. And one mistake that I see leaders make is this open door policy where people can come into your office and talk to you about anything. Sure, if you want to be on the time clock of other people's demands, then maybe that is the type of leader that you want to be. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're connecting with them. That may mean that you are a leader that lacks boundaries. And so people come into your office to vent and to take up your time that you could be using to better their working environment. Connecting with others, I'm going to say, is deeper. It's more emotionally intelligent is more professional. It adds value to them. It adds value to you. It adds value to your organization. So if you have been doing this, thinking that connecting is getting down on somebody's level, getting their personal business rather than elevating the organization and elevating the work relationship, then you may have some work to do in this area. And it also involves connecting with people outside of the organization. There are many times when we can be collaborative and work together towards some of the things that we have to, the challenges that we all face within our organizations, but we work in these silos and rightfully so there's proprietary information and there's um, competition among us, but at the same time, there are commonalities that impact us as a community. And for those things, I think there are opportunities for collaboration. And I've in fact been able to be a part of those so that I know that they're there within um, colleges, um, within community organizations, anything like that. Get out, get connected with people outside of your organization. And what you also may find is that they help you by developing you, by you touching the lives of other people with different perspectives and gives you a more diverse perspective that you can then bring into your own organization. And it also involves delegating. We have a hard time delegating, right? Because we know that we're the only person or at least the person that can do the job the best, right? Not true. People just do things differently. So as you want people in your um, team to grow, people in your organization to grow, people that maybe work for you to grow, then you're going to want to delegate. That is how people feel more empowered. And it not only increases their commitment to your organization or commitment to you, but it also decreases your stress level as well. Third thing, strategy and innovation. Again, not only does this tie into taking that interest in things outside of your organization, and I know you're thinking, well, you know what? I don't have time. I'm burned out. I I have too many things on my plate. I'm going to say that you do have time. A lot of these community organizations just meet quarterly and they have conversations about what's going on. And I would guarantee I've been a leader in many different settings, even during wartime settings, combat settings, combat nursing in the military. And there was still time for us to collaborate and talk and strategize. And so there, there's always opportunity to take 
part in something outside of your organization. And if you think that it's not, then maybe what you could do is start by taking an interest within your organization. We've all seen it and you're probably one of those leaders. I used to be one of those leaders that all I cared about was what was going on in my area because (laughs) that could be enough to keep somebody busy for a long time, right? Trying to you know, manage and do all the things. However, if you want to move into bigger roles, if you want to make a bigger impact, if you want to make the energy of your job currently where you are easier, the positive energy that comes along with taking an interest in your organization makes your job easier. And it also helps you to understand more broadly what's going on within your organization. So within the level that you contribute or your team contributes, you're able to serve them better, serve yourself better and serve your clients or your customers or your patients better depending on what area of healthcare you're in. Number four is be ethical and think outside the boundaries of your organization. And I know you keep hearing me say, take an interest in your organization, but look outside of your organization as well. And when I say ethical, I don't necessarily mean your personal ethics. I know there's a fine line between having those marry in with the organization that you work for or the company that you're building. But I I think that ethics also has something to do with the community and the population that you serve. And so what I'm saying to be ethical and think out of the boundaries of your organization, I want you to think more community-based. What could you be doing or how could you help contribute ethically to that cause? And how could you help contribute ethically when you are going outside of the boundaries of what you know or outside of the boundaries of your organization? One way that you can start to do this is to show up more authentically. I did a whole podcast episode on authenticity. And so if you are confused on what that means, because it doesn't just mean telling the truth or popping off or, you know, saying what's on your mind. Being authentic is much deeper than that. And it involves a level of you taking the time to self-reflect and be aware of who you truly are in order to show up as that person. And until you know who you are and you're living life from that space, then you are not an authentic person because even your feelings or the things that you say may be inauthentic if they come from a person that doesn't know who they truly are, what they truly want, what's important, blah, 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 blah. So you're not going to be able to be authentic truly without doing the deep work. And if you want more help with that, you can listen to the episode that I did on authenticity. And then the last tip that I have for you today is to broaden your communication. When you are broadening your communication, you are not just receiving information in the emails. I've been there, right? You get these emails from your CEO or your CNO or you get, I don't know, information from anywhere. Maybe you read an article that impacted your dental practice. It could be anything, right? 
be able to share that information and be able to share information about vision, initiatives, mission, all of those things in a concise and clear way. Oftentimes when I'm sitting in meetings, what I find is that I kind of turn off. I turn off really quickly because I'm someone that needs to get the information, get it fast and get it in a way that I can understand. And a lot of people do not have that skill. So number one, share information that impacts the team. Number two, share information in a clear and concise way. Another tip to help you broaden your scope of communication is to embrace optimism a little bit more and optimism is not pretending like everything's okay when you have staffing issues you're stressed out you're burned out you have more patience than you can handle you got bills piling up because your i don't know billing system is all messed up it's not acting like things are okay when maybe they're not optimism to me and the way that i teach it to my clients is just You understanding that the way things are now is not the way that things will forever be. There is hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that is what positivity and optimism is all about. And so when you are communicating, even if, you know, you guys are just going through the thick of things together, what the energy should be behind how you are approaching anything that you're talking about, difficult easy, whatever, is that there's hope. There's hope. It's going to be better. It's not going to be like this forever because it won't. It won't. Because if you think that it won't, it won't. And if you think that it will, it will. That's a whole nother episode. So I'll make sure to do an episode on how to embrace optimism to kind of help shift the energy within not only yourself, your own life, but also in the life of your team and your organization as well. And Also, this goes back to perception too. When you're broadening your communication skills and the way that you communicate, make a note of what is being said and examine what is being said. A lot of times we discount things because maybe there's only one person on the team that speaks up, which makes that person seem like they're complaining, but really they're bringing things forward that other people are scared to bring up. We have that, right? We have things that are being said. Take it all internalize it, reflect on it, because even if it may not be entirely true or you may not agree with it, there's always an element of what is being said that is giving you information you can use to be a better leader and create a better team. But also make sure you're paying attention and taking note of what is not said, because that is the most important part. Oftentimes when I'm getting called in, especially around leadership development, especially around reorganizing and bringing structure to a team that is not doing well, a lot of the things that are going on are not said. And I can go around and I can talk to individual members of the team and get a lot of information that is very telling to what could be done to solve issues within the team. However, for one reason or another, and there's no blame there, the information is not being shared, things are not being said. However, what I do notice, and this is from an outsider coming into these um, areas of healthcare, is that I can feel the energy and I can feel like something's off, even if people aren't saying anything. And I can feel 
like there's not cohesiveness or there's tension. And so that is already telling me before I even get to know members of the team or before the issue is fully understood about why things aren't going or running as optimal as they should, I can understand that there is something wrong. There's something off before things are even being said. And a lot of times, because we haven't been taught to pay attention to that, we discount those cues or maybe we feel them, but we ignore them when these things I'm telling you nine times out of 10, tell me more about the state of who I'm helping of the issue that I'm going to be working on more than anything that anyone has said. So that is our episode for today. You may need to listen to the last episode plus this episode, take notes, write them down, leave me comments, let me know how they impacted you. Again, we as healthcare leaders do not get orientation on how to be a good leader. And so oftentimes we're left to figure this out on our own. And unfortunately for some of us, but but by the time we figure it all out, we usually are burned out and stressed out and ready to leave our job rather than excited to make an impact, not only to improve the lives of our family through this elevation in our career, but also to improve healthcare in general. So share the episodes, rate. Um, I have some exciting news coming up. We are going to be building a beautiful community. We are doing a lot of lives. We're doing a lot of education on being a better leader. I am building what I call this thing that's needed in healthcare where us leaders can come together in a community, commiserate. We can mentor each other. We can talk to each other. We can help each other through these struggles and learn some tips and tools to be better leaders that are more um, able to not only manage our departments, manage our organizations, manage ourselves, but also do it in a way where we feel healthy, we feel happy, and we feel whole. And so make sure you check out the description box for exciting news on this new opportunity for us to come together and help support each other and for me to be able to get to know you better and give you more personalized love and attention that you need to be a better leader in healthcare. Um, So check the description box, share the episode, and I will talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye.